Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to The Tim's Take. Episode 85. Welcome back to the saddle, Rachel. It feels good. We have two children now. Wow, you're just coming right out of the gate with the update. <laughs> well, I was due May 9th. Uh-huh. So it's a good that, thing that at this point I have had a child. <laughs> yeah, we. I think in our last episode, we promised that we would give an update soon. And we never did. We really have taken a full two months, essentially, off from the podcast. Maybe even two and a half. How's that felt for you? Very nice. <laughs> I have missed it, which is why we are back. And we'll talk more about what that means. But it has been a... It felt like a real break from maternity leave we we should say the name of our second son julian lee timms has entered the world on may 2nd our guess is most of our listeners all our listeners already know that maybe not maybe there's some strangers out there who this is news to and we're breaking news but yep he came into the world we'll have more to say about that but as part of early second parenting you did what you told listeners you would do you have listened back to some old Tim's takes. And partly, I think where we're going is flowing out of some of your experience. Yeah, I just, I really enjoyed getting to listen back and hear our kind of raw processing of a lot of our experiences as new parents. And just getting to document some of that in terms of our life and getting to share that piece of ourselves with kind of our, our community, which are most of our in real life friends as well. Yeah. But there's something about letting people into like our living room space mm. as it is that I think just allowed us to connect and maybe have different types of conversations kind of outside the podcast from people who listened and finding that really meaningful. And then I just really like, kind of an incredible intentional space for you and me to process yeah. what life was like with such a big transition in a way I don't think we would have oh for sure no made that space if we didn't <laughs> podcast but finding it really surprising to learn certain things about each other's you know perspective during that time and then getting to talk through different approaches and strategies and just all sorts of things so kind of flowing out of that, I think we've come to decide that we want to keep going. Oh, wow. I mean, you're yeah, you're just breaking news left and right here. <laughs> I, I you like passed, this. You passed the mic to me, so I was going to take it with both hands. I did. I, I thought you were going to give the baton back at some point, but no, that, that's great. I think I probably, if Vegas had called and said, what's the over-under percentage that this podcast continues post-Julian, I would have said... I would have said the over-under, like 70%, it doesn't continue. Oh, wow. I surprised you. You have really quite surprised me. Yes, that's exciting. Um, but I, I'm i delighted to keep doing it. I found myself kind of itching for a little bit of the space, a little bit of this kind of creative play together. So I'm really excited. But we're mixing it up. We Every season, it feels like we've changed the format. And for this next season... We're going to go back a little bit to our roots. At the very beginning, we called it a parenting audio journal. And it was essentially just documenting what was going on. And that's one of the things you loved about listening back. And we're going to drop the parenting. 
And it's going to be more of the Tim's family audio journal because parenting was starting to feel a little narrow, although obviously it will still be a big part of what we're doing. But we're thinking about the podcast in terms of three pillars, which are the kinds of things you would have in a journal. You would process what's going on in your life. You might rave about favorite things that are happening or that you're using or that you're watching or reading. And you might just document diary format about what's going on. So those are kind of going to be the three pillars of the podcast. Not every episode might have all three. Maybe some episodes will just be one. It's, so it's going to be a little bit more personal again, which is a direction we'd already been taking the podcast. The schedule will remain the same every couple of weeks. But I think there's a lot of possibilities with this new season. Do you agree? <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're nodding on an audio form it's been a while since we've done this obviously yeah i think we both like had a lot to say about the last two months and realized that that was kind of maybe an inclination that we wanted to keep going and even like in the last couple of days since we said oh let's keep going it's been like oh that's a part that's an episode idea oh that's an episode idea that's an episode conversation so it's also felt like there's a little bit of energy and momentum. So hopefully, listeners, you feel the same way. <laughs> but we thought we could take this episode and just do a little bit of do documentation. It's been a couple months since we shared. There's been a major life change. So we're just going to hit like five or so things that have happened. And then we're going to go turn about, but you're going to go first so that you get three and I get two. Well, I just feel like we need to touch base a little bit on Julian's entrance into the world. Yeah, fair enough. So he was born a week early. We were not necessarily anticipating that. I, I feel like you were kind of anticipating that. I mean, as much as you're like, oh, I think hopefully he comes early. But like there was no reason to believe that he yeah. actually was. You'd had some contractions and it felt like you were kind of saying it doesn't feel like this is going to go another week and a half. Wishful thinking. Oh, okay. It was at the time. Well, you have me convinced and anxious, so. But, yeah, I mean, highlights of that whole experience and highlights as in, like, not highs, but just, like, rapid labor recap. Okay, nice. Do it. <laughs> Major contractions at Costco with my mother-in-law and Oliver. Mm -hmm. Realizing it's probably best I go to the hospital. Calling you. You go and get our bag. Meet me at the parking lot. We go to the hospital. I'm already six centimeters dilated. After like 30 minutes of paperwork and checking in processes. And computer's not working. Computer's not working. It is slow. And I must have a way higher pain tolerance than I have given myself credit <laughs> for. Because, yes, when the time they finally decided that I needed to stay, I was six centimeters, which is very... It's, it's pretty far along. Pretty far. And they're like, people come in here at two and are already freaking out sometimes. And I think I had them fooled that I was that far along, which happened warrior, the first time too. Warrior woman. Well, later I learned to regret my confidence because <laughs> they get checked in and I decide that when the anesthesiologist comes to do my epidural, I'm going to ask him for not a full epidural because with Oliver, it was just a bit too much. Like I almost, like I couldn't feel anything. And I think that was a bit of a hindrance to my delivery experience. Not for some like. Spiritual. Yeah, emotional reason. or anything. But just the recovery took a little bit longer for feeling to come back. and Yeah. yeah. 
And so he kind of hesitates to agree that this is a good idea, but eventually he's like, I'm going to give you a two-thirds epidural. Yeah, I thought he wasn't going to do it. I thought he just straight up wasn't agreeing. I I was like, sorry, I don't do that. But then he gave you two-thirds and... And you know what? I think maybe despite me, he gave me like point zero zero one percent of an epidural <laughs> and said, listen, lady, you should have taken the whole thing because let me tell you, folks, I did not feel that epidural. And I know what it feels like because I had it work very well the first time. And this time I did not feel that way at all. <laughs> and so I felt all the things instead that were very painful and I just remember turning to Matt at some point and saying, I am very scared (laughs) and because I now think I have to do this basically natural. And you were like, it's okay. You can do it. And I freaked out all my nurses because all of a sudden, like, it was just time to have that baby enter the world. And he came quick. My original nurse wasn't there. She was on a lunch break and was called back after being told that she did not have time to go to the bathroom. And then I'm (laughs) in, like, I am pushing this baby out and i'm like is my doctor gonna make it and the nurse just kind of shrugs her shoulders and is like "Mm, maybe we'll see how this goes (laughs) he did make it miraculously but it was it was not long he did not have to sit on that stool for more than five minutes so (laughs) yeah that's probably true anyway it was it was a little wild but in a lot of ways very redemptive of an experience because Oliver, if you're a long-time listener, remember he had to go to the NICU right after birth. And so this time Julian got to stay with us and we got to have kind of that moment of the three of us in the hospital room after he was born. And it was very welcome. Yeah, it was so funny because we were in there so long. Because, of course, with Oliver, like time collapses in itself. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking back and forth and doing all this. So we're in that room so long. I'm like, aren't we like, aren't we supposed to be moved? Like it feels like Should we're just someone come get us. Feels huh? like we're just waiting here for a long time, but I'm sure that that's far closer to normal. Yeah, and I mean this is a very different experience as well because last time we were in the thick of COVID, and right. so this time there were no masks. There were lots of people around. It was just a very different experience, and again, a welcome one, I think. Yeah, and then we did not want to be in the hospital for very long, which was also very different than our last experience where we were like, please help us tell us how to take care of this human being that has entered the world this time we're like please let us go home so we can go to sleep in our own beds yeah because the hospital food has not gotten any better and the benches that you have to sleep on have not gotten any longer (laughs) they're they're still exactly my height exactly six feet yeah so overall like a good experience mostly but we are glad to to be done with it and still let's let's plant a flag in the awful corruption of the american medical system because we've received the bill and it's just ridiculous yeah they just charge you for all the things and we've heard that it is best practice to call and ask for like an itemized bill to make sure they're not just charging you for like random stuff that didn't happen we have not done that yet but we are going to because i am just genuinely curious about how this all works any any things stick out from you from labor and delivery process let's see you really wanted chick-fil-a that night so we door dashed chick-fil-a and they didn't you know you usually get a side salad and they didn't deliver the dressing which of course is like a critical piece so then yeah talk about not covid times because i actually left and drove to a chick-fil-a and got you your dressing i i door dashed the the dressing myself last last time we wanted to stay another night this time we were like please get us out of here 
It was a different experience to you just being, I mean, I think maybe one of the biggest differences of being a second time parent was just like, I knew like what supplies to have in a different way. Like there was a couple of things that someone else, a friend had given me like certain like good smelling wipes and like all these different tools and like multiple nurses were like, oh, I've never seen this before. Like, this is great. Yeah, that was interesting to me. Yeah. The the nurses like nurses were like, oh, I haven't seen it. You kind of, I would have been like, haven't you seen everything? Yeah. So I definitely, yeah, I feel like we were a bit more. You were. Strategic on some of those Yeah, all credit to you. That's great. That well worth visiting. Can I zoom forward for a second little update to say that yesterday was Oliver's birthday and he's three years old. Yes. As we record this, yesterday was Oliver's birthday, the 27th. And we had a birthday party a few weeks ago. And this is another credit to you. You pulled together this awesome obstacle course in our backyard. And it was just a family party. My brother, my parents, your parents were in town, which is why we did it then a couple few weeks ago. And we would time whoever was running it and they would run around the backyard doing various, basically kind of like mini games, you know, fish the fish out of the water table and crawl under this table and jump through the sprinkler. And Oliver just loved it. And he wanted to do it with everyone. It was so fun and cute. Which I think is partly a testament to something about Oliver that has been true for a long time and continues to be true as he turns three is like, he's really an includer. Like he wants to do things with people. He's not competitive really against people yet. That will come. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure knowing this family, (laughs) but for now he very much. So he, he took turns rather than like he do the obstacle course and then someone else does it. He wanted to do it with every single person. So that was just super sweet. And it was a wonderful day. And yesterday was a good day too. We started with donuts and, Ended with in and out, so who can complain? It's kind of fun, like, as he's now getting older. And last year when he turned two, we had COVID and were miserable. But now that he's turned three and we were not diagnosed with a very, like, not fun illness, we got to experience some of those, like, traditions, family traditions start to being built. Like, you were like, I really want to go out and get him donuts in the morning. And that feels like, oh, that could be, like, a thing. And Mm -hmm. then, like we said, you get to pick where you want to go out to eat tonight and he really enjoyed that even tonight so matt's dad's birthday is tomorrow it's two days after oliver's and oliver said do you think we could build pa an obstacle course tomorrow for his birthday and so it's like you know these things that he's starting to latch onto is like these are birthday things or whatever it's fun it's pretty fun yeah happy birthday bud happy birthday to both our sons i guess (laughs) we're covering them both What's your what's your next thing? Just like a quick touching base on like what it's like to have had a second kid, like some of the shift. I think overall, I you can obviously speak into this as well, but I found adding a second kid so far has been less disorienting than having going from zero to one. Sure. That felt like a major shift. This in some sense just felt like an expansion of all the things you have already done for the last three years. And so it felt kind of like these well-worn grooves of patterns, even if it's some things that we haven't done in a long time, like it does kind of come back to you. Definitely. We had like the second night that we were, yeah, this was on my list. We were home. Oh, okay. Well I can let you. No, speak no, no, to go it. ahead. But we, kind of just had like this panic moment of like 
what do we do with you when you're just crying all the time and we don't know how to stop and it's like we've been up for however many hours in the middle of the night and I don't think we can go on like this and it's only been 48 hours like we might not make it (laughs) and I looked it up it's actually called night two syndrome in which often parents kind of freak out because in the hospital often kids are like so tired from being born into the world that they just sleep Mm -hmm. a lot and Julian did like that first night in the hospital like it was like oh we could do this he's just like asleep all the time yeah and the critical thing was in the hospital he was sleeping in the bassinet yeah and then when we came home he would not sleep if you laid him down he would only sleep on you so that first night home night two suddenly it was like this kid he's never gonna sleep laying down by himself like what this isn't feasible and you're snapping at me for like falling asleep snapping is maybe too strong but you gave me a definitely too strong you gave me some pretty strong words do not fall asleep well i had just been reading in like the haze of whenever i was out feeding him like our sleep sleep training book because i'm like desperate for any like ounce of control (laughs) and they're like whatever you do like i know you're gonna be tired do not fall asleep with a child on you it's so dangerous and then i was like oh my gosh you fell asleep (laughs) yeah well whoops so just i mean definitely some of that i think like i had to remind myself a couple days in like okay we've already made a lot of these decisions with oliver and i mean i've Obviously, Julian's a different kid. So some decisions you're going to make differently or you've just had experience to think back. Oh, I would have I would have changed that. But overall, like you don't have to reinvent the wheel with another kid. Like we had said with Oliver, we wish we would have given him a pacifier sooner. And so I felt immense guilt about thinking about giving Julian a pacifier like two days in. But then I was like, wait, why? Like we we knew this worked for our first kid and so like let's just try it like you know i don't have to feel shame all over again about this like we decided once with our first one and it worked and let's just let that be we don't have to debate the moral quandary of a pacifier timing right again (laughs) and if we needed to readdress it because it wasn't working we could have done that but it's worked well yeah i think one that i would have number four is just kind of a personal delight and gratitude that you have enjoyed the baby season. And I we've talked about this on the podcast before that maybe when Oliver was about 18 months, you're like, oh my goodness, I just love this so much. This is so much better than when he was a baby and so much easier. And I was like, is this a joke? He, it was so much easier when he was a baby and this is so much harder. And we've talked a lot about that in the last two months because there's a lot of layers for Julian. Like breastfeeding has been way easier for you. Like, like you said, the adjustment is it's adding another one and that's significant and it's not COVID. So like, I mean, there's also some things that were just like really unique to our first kid that I think like some, I've had a lot of people say to me like, Oh, like the jump from one to two is like the hardest. I, I think I could fathom that a little, like that makes more sense to me if you didn't have a first kid in a global pandemic. Yeah. Like yeah. how like mm-hmm. that would be different. But in this case, like it's just felt like the world's more open. <laughs> it's just felt like, okay, like it's not easier than having one, but it's like, okay, like it's expanding in ways that we feel kind of capable of. And I've just loved that. Like, it feels like you've really been able to savor this season because some of those things have been easier and you're like, yeah, like, oh, it's been fun to have, a baby so 
that's just been that's a delightful thing to witness in your partner as you go. Um, yeah, I never I never thought I would say that. I was kind of gearing up for a rough couple of months. And I mean, for sure, there's been times where it's been hard. And I mean, physical recovery after labor is still intense. Yeah. But I think expectations, knowing what to expect, I think your body is like just changed after a first kid. And so it's a little more ready for that. Mm-hmm. But it has been nice to enjoy the snuggles and kind of get to experience what everyone else got to experience. I think the first time, like I remember that being really hard, like yeah. everyone is having this really wonderful experience and thinks this kid is so cute and just wants to hold him. And I was like, I don't want any of that, you know? Yeah. And so getting to have that a little bit more has been really nice. All right. What's our last one? Just a little update on some Oliver sayings because Oliver's three and he's so chatty and talkative and it's really developed the last couple months. Yeah. Yeah. And like a sense of humor and you just sometimes it's been chaos and you just have to laugh. He's learned his first knock knock joke. Yes. He's learned his first knock knock joke. Overall, Oliver has, I think, made the transition to having a sibling pretty well. There's been a few times that we've learned to like not mess with his animals because he will like global meltdown of emotions if you try to hold them hostage as like a bartering tactic yeah (laughs) and there's just certain things that we have realized you know that we do not always do the best (laughs) but i think overall he's done great so i just want to highlight a few of these very funny sayings that we've been capturing do it and also to note he is now in love with high school musical music and (laughs) it's the best joy of my life okay so these are some of his sayings he says what happens to people who don't have hands oh yeah that was just yesterday there was one meal in which i served him i don't even remember what but he goes this is garbage (laughs) (laughs) randomly you guys were playing a game and yeah we're playing zingo i knew you were gonna win you a little grub (laughs) like where did that even come from I don't remember the exact context of this, but I think you ate something off of his plate, or I did. I don't know what the saying is. So and he said, people don't eat other people's food. I think that was you, yeah. I think it was probably me. And then one of my favorite things that he now does is he compliments me most mornings on my outfit. So he'll say, I like that dress, Mom. I like that shirt. And every once in a while, he will say, I don't like that shirt. <laughs> But overall, he's very affirming of my appearance, and that's a very sweet thing. Yeah, it might backfire on you because this morning I was kind of digging into that a little bit because he said, I I love you in that outfit, Mom. And I said, if Mom was wearing a different outfit, would you still love her? And he said, no. So (laughs) it might be that his affection for you is thoroughly predicated on your outfits. So, you know, that's just something to watch. We'll, We'll keep an eye on that as we go. One other thing, he was talking about visiting a friend's house who has a dog the other day and how this dog greets him eagerly. And he was just telling me, Dad, I don't like licks on my body. So <laughs> when I'm there, they put the dog downstairs. <laughs> like, I don't like licks on my body. Okay. Most people don't. So that's fair. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough, buddy. So, yeah, lots of things like that where he's just like putting like the sentences are there. But he's speaking like a toddler. Mm hmm. So it's fun. It's delightful and kind of sustains you when you're just losing it a Mm -hmm. bit. Well, folks, we're back. We're back. Feel good? It's going to be fun. Yeah. 
But we better wrap this one up because, well, it's plenty long. Till next time. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that is your tip steak.